From local to global, we bring you the best conversations with your favorite athletes and Olympians. This is the Olympics.com podcast. Welcome to our first episode of the new year. This marks the beginning of the second year of our reimagined Olympics.com podcast. Tom Kirkland and our entire podcast team, happy to be with you again. This episode is a salute and a celebration of Chamonix in the French Alps and 100 years since the dawn of Winter Olympics on the worldwide Olympic calendar. The very first Winter Olympics happened at the foot of the famous Mont Blanc in the French Alps and up on the beautiful slopes of Chamonix in the surrounding regions. Many of the rink events happened in the cozy town center of this quaint Alpine village. It's also a 100-year anniversary since the formation of the International Ski Federation. Downhill skiing was becoming very popular, but ironically, there was no skiing in the first few Winter Olympics except for ski jumping. The debut of Winter Olympics came on January 25, 1924, and saw only 250 athletes from 16 National Olympic committees. They came together at Chamonix for this historic celebration, competing for medals in 16 events over six sports and nine disciplines. Current Winter Olympic staples, curling, ice hockey, figure and speed skating, plus various versions of cross-country skiing, including Nordic combined and military patrol, what is now known as biathlon. Modern day Winter Olympics feature 16 different sports with more than 100 events. Obviously the celebration of the Winter Games has come a long way in 100 years, but who can forget some of the iconic Winter Olympic moments? The miracle on ice, the USA beating the mighty Russians in Lake Placid 1980 to win the hockey gold medal. Another hockey miracle happened in Nagano 1998. The Czech Republic stuns Russia, won nothing to win their nation's first ever hockey gold. There was Han Yu's overwhelming popularity when he took the Pyeongchang 2018 Winter Olympic figure skating gold. East Germany's graceful figure skater Katarina Witt, who won two Olympic gold medals in a stellar career. Then another dominant figure skater, there was Republic of Korea's Yuna Kim, who set new scoring records winning gold at Vancouver 2010, and now serves as one of the ambassadors for Gangwon 2024 Youth Winter Olympics, which will be, of course, live right here on Olympic Channel. And from the world of the preposterous, where anything can happen, there's the Bradbury. Australia's Stephen Bradbury not even picked to make it to the short track speed skating final at Salt Lake City 2002. He found gold when every other skater in front of him was taken down in one way or another. As we gaze ahead to the next Winter Olympics, it's just around the calendar corner, Milano Cortina 2026, where among other newsworthy items, we'll see the Olympic debut of Ski Mountaineering, which was a highly successful event at the Lausanne 2020 Winter Youth Olympics. Now known as Skimo, it is a sometimes grueling, often rapid skiing uphill and downhill using mountaineering techniques to navigate through the powdered peaks. Olympics.com podcast. To help us celebrate this centenary of the first Winter Olympics, we're delighted to welcome in a woman who was born just 50 kilometers from Chamonix and one of the world's elite Skimo talents. We're meeting France's own Emily Harrop, I would say bonjour et enchanté, but je ne parle pas français, so that's it. That's enough. 
Enchanté works very well. So nice to meet everybody. Hello. Um, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're so happy to uh, to get a chance to talk to you. There's uh, so much exciting stuff going on in your world right now. But before we get into the charm of Chamonix and 100 years celebration, humor us here. What was your first memories of the winter Olympics? Uh, I think that the Olympics where I have the most uh, memories is uh, the Vancouver Olympics because I was kind of at that age where I was starting to get really interested in it. And mm -hmm. I was in the ski etude section, so uh, where we were mixing um, school with sport and skiing. Uh -huh. And I remember uh, Lindsay Vaughn, because I was a big fan of Lindsay Vaughn at the time, and I still am, who, yeah, who got a gold. And um, I, it was just like amazing. And so that's my first memory. <laughs> What aspects of uh, other things about the Olympics, other than maybe the, uh, you know, the competition, what yeah. sort of caught your uh, imagination? Yeah, I think it's the whole spirit of all, well, different athletes from around the world coming together for these games, because Olympics is our games. And um, putting aside kind of everything at that moment in time to kind of just play the game uh, all together. So I think I, I remember there was this great ad um, by P&G that really stuck with me from um, back, back, I can't remember which year it was, but about all the kind of the path to get to the Olympics, to yeah. get to those goals. And it was um, proud sponsors of mums. Anyway, it was kind of something that really um, uh, turned me on back then. So, yeah, it's kind of all that mindset. Cool. All right. Explain to all of us who have never skied in the Alps what that feeling is like. Oh, it's uncomparable. <laughs> no skiing in the Alps. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's, um, well, I mean, for me, it's I've, I'm so lucky to be able to say that it's my um, my everyday kind of life. So um, I, I have that. I mean, it's become um, a normal kind of thing for me. But um, it's kind of that feeling of, uh, of freedom, I guess, of kind of being able to go out uh, into the mountains straight from the house, um, go skiing and kind of live in this view, well, in this like, amazing uh, landscape. Um, yeah, nature. <laughs> so um, it's quite a, an amazing feeling. Yeah, it, it looks like that. Uh, so let's talk about your exciting times now. Why why the switch from Alpine to Schemo? Is that something that sort of came quickly or was it over time you kind of said, I, I like this better? Um, yeah, it was kind of, um, I came to, I, I did four years in Fizz, competing in Fizz in mm -hmm. Alpine skiing, which were really great. And, you know, I've, I mean, it was a, an amazing uh, path to be on. Uh, my main goal was, of course, um, the Alpine at the time because um, that's all I really knew. Um, but I had this kind of love for endurance sports as well um, through my parents who are big um, sporting people. I mean, they're really into like cycling and walking in the mountains. And so I'd done quite a bit of um, of ski mountaineering, uh, well, ski rando with um, my, my dad um, at the end of each like Alpine season when I could. And um, so, yeah, when I kind of came to the end of um, my career as an alpine skier, I really wasn't ready to stop having fun and competing there. And I thought, well, this could be a really good balance between my love for endurance, my love for downhill skiing and for the mountains. And so um, I kind of, yeah, it, I loved it straight away, really. <laughs> and uh, things have worked out, to say the least. Uh, overall World Cup champion, 
at the top of your game. What's that like when things are are rolling and the athletes talk about things slowing down, excuse me, in competition when, you know, you're excited and there's nerves and anxieties, but it's all part of the process. And then you go and it just slows down. Yeah. No, I know what you mean by that. Um, It's kind of like when you're in the action, everything just seems simpler. Like before, when you're waiting for the race, uh, as you say, you know, you're a bit nervous, you're kind of, projecting this idea of what's going to happen and that isn't very um I mean you're not really at peace when you're kind of projecting what can happen in the future whereas when you're actually living it and when that start has gone well when the um you've passed the start line um yeah you're just really living in the present and it seems to be a lot more comforting because you're in control yeah I mean I don't know if I've answered the question but um I know what you mean (laughs) No, you've been, that, that was good because it's, it's how you feel and uh, there's no right or wrong answer. And I, th- I think you articulated that well. As far as your confidence level, um, I know you're working on a lot of things. You want to get better, better, better. But um, it, it does seem like <laughs> whatever you're doing is working. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I hope it's going to, it's working. And I hope that, I mean, I'm just kind of enjoying the process really. So whatever I'm trying to put into place, as long as I'm really, you know, enjoying it on an everyday basis um, and it's going to bring me to where I want to go, then that's kind of just, it's all, it's all good, you know? Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, how do you explain to kids w- what you do? Cause I mean, there's snowboarding and there's all that other kids stuff. And then there's, you know, downhill, there's Alpine, but you do something so, uh, so difficult and skilled and yet, you know, it's different. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's definitely different. And it's not very well known at the moment. So, um, it's definitely something that we've got to kind of explain and get out there for people to discover. Um, so, yeah, ski mountaineering is a kind of a mix, I guess, between so alpine skiing. And I mean, I wouldn't I say cross country because it's the endurance side of skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really the only thing with cross country that's similar. But yeah, it's a mix between endurance and technical downhill skiing. So we go up with skis on and with skins under our skis to, uh, well, stick to the snow. (laughs) And then with different transitions, we take off skins and we clip our boots in to be able to ski downhill fast, as fast as we can. And in total, well, freedom of which way we want to go, really. So it's no... It's not gates, it's not blue and red. It's um, just kind of as fast as you can. And well, actually I say that, but it depends which discipline we're in. Mm-hmm. If it's right. experience in relay, of course right. there are going to be um, gates to guide us down. But um, yeah, so it's a an endurance sport with, with skis on. <laughs> so it sounds grueling and yet alternately just crazy, enjoyable, fast. I mean, it seems to touch all that. Yeah, and it, and technical. I mean, if right. um, it's quite a complete sport because you have to be, yeah, at the same time a good skier. You have to be at the same time a good uh, endurance athlete or powerful if you want to be more on the sprints. Uh, so fast and cardio, but you have to have a good um, a good heart. <laughs> um, and at the same time, you need to be able to do transitions quickly. So it makes me think a little bit of biathlon. Uh, when they have to calm down and, you know, be able to do these very precise movements um, 
uh, in the quickest time. So it's a bit like our transitions when we put our skis on our backpack, when we take off our skins, because it's got to be in the in the tiniest of um, in the seconds of yeah. time. So yeah, <laughs> quite complete. So uh, what does it mean to you in the in the Schemo community that your event is debuting at Milano Cortina? Well, yeah, it's an amazing thing. I mean, it's just changing how we approach the sport, you know, it's allowing us to become more professional in what we do and to, yeah, to be able to uh, target that Olympic dream. Because, I mean, for me personally, having gone through Alpine and having, you know, had dreams of um, career, well, Olympics when I was younger, when I was a teenager, it's kind of being making that come to life a bit. So I think it's a really good thing. Um, And then... And yeah, and we're just seeing the level going up with these Olympics because people are, the athletes are becoming more and more specific in their training and getting more implicated. So uh, it's really good. And to have it in Milan Cortina, where it's the country of, you know, of Schemo, the Italians are just fans. Um, it couldn't have been better than that, really. Yeah, that that does sound uh so welcoming for you guys. Yeah. So not that you listen to the media. What do they know? What do we know? But a lot of people have picked you like a, a podium, definite podium threat based on obviously the your your current form. So do you dare to dream? I know you got work to do, but... <laughs> There's loads of work still to be done. And <laughs> if it was that simple, God, I'd just sign up now and then it would be done. But um, it's still in, well, there's still a bit of time to go before it happens. Um, I'm not afraid to say that it's a big objective. I would love, you know, to get a medal and I'm going to try and put in place everything I can and we'll see. You know, as I said, it's more the um, the path that's going to take me there than the actual uh, result. The result will be, um, you know, a big, big um, cherry on the cake, I guess, <laughs> if not, you know, the big piece of cake. But, um, you know, um uh, we, we, we really don't know, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> of course. But it seems that with the advent of the debut at the Olympics, it's it, there's a, the bar has been raised in terms of dreams and in terms of your dedication to your training and all of that. Yeah, of course. And well, yeah, because it's the first the first time and yeah. we're a sport where it's been kind of a, it's quite a small sport. You know, there's everything to be done. And that's what's really interesting because you know, innovation, uh, that there's just pages to be written um, in our sport. And that's really motivating, you know. Uh, and Chamonix and F- Chamonix Flen is hosting the Schemo Mountaineering European Championships. It's streaming live, by the way, on Olympic Channel. And that must be pretty cool, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really, really cool to have it in France. Um, and yeah, and Flen and Chamonix, which are resorts that have a big um, implication in our discipline. Um, we've had World Cups in Flen before um, in the past few years that have gone really well. Um, so to have these European championships there where our family, our friends can come, uh, it means a lot. Yeah. As we move into the, you know, the hundred year celebration, uh, let's talk a little bit about Chamonix itself. W- what challenge does the Chamonix region of the Alps present? I know Flen a bit better and I, well, the, the conditions are always changing. I mean, you know, between, uh, from one day to the next uh, at the moment, you can have a really sunny day, the next rain, 
and the next snow. So the conditions aren't regular. Um, so that's kind of something that we have to be adaptable to. Um, but then, yeah, for the area, I mean, it's there are areas that we know well that, I mean, the culture, we're familiar with the culture in our French Alps. And uh, I think it it brings us a bit of comfort, you know, in these kind of um, events. Um, and then, yeah, of course, um, as I said, they're, they're resorts that are really into our disciplines. So we feel like there's a good support around us there. Um, and that's really cool. I guess there's a certain pride to be from the Alps and Chamonix area. It is known as the birthplace of the Winter Olympics. And, you know, without Chamonix, who knows? You know, maybe there's no Milano Cortina. Uh, you never know how it all would have developed. But uh, it's it's an historic um, and almost a fairy tale place in terms of what it's meant. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. There's so much of the, um, mount, the ski mountaineering culture as well that's come from Chamonix. So between the Olympics and that, um, it really is a, a kind of bubble that has um, created a lot. Um, and we really feel that there. I mean, there's a, a lot of um, a lot that goes on around there. So that is really cool to mm-hmm. have that kind of on home turf and not far from where I live. Uh, it's really great. At what point did you leave there? Uh, how young were you when you moved on to, you know, I know you guys. Well, I actually never grew up in the UK. I'm. Um, oh, your parents are you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's something that's kind of a bit weird here. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my parents have always, well, they, they came out to the French Alps like 30 odd years ago um, to Val d'Isère. Um, so I was born and raised around there. So in Saint-Foix. Yep. Um, so I spent, yeah, all of my life in the Tarantais Valley. Um, I've never lived in the UK, but yeah, okay. through the two English parents, I have accents. Okay. And now I live closer to Courchevel. Ah. So yeah, I'm kind of still quite, quite close to where I've grown up. Okay. So I'm going off script here. When you start talking and you say you've never been to the UK or never lived there, I mean, you know, this, your accent uh, is misleading. Beautiful, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know it is a bit confusing, and every time it's like, hang on, you can't have just picked that up like that. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I am. Um, my whole family are from the UK, so that's kind of also why I have the accents. But um, I've never really spent a long time there. Uh, every time it's been like you know a week maybe here or there to mm-hmm. go out and see um and see yeah the family. So I, I feel very lucky to have this double nationality because um, it really allows me a lot of uh, flexibility with um, yeah language who I talk to. So that's really For great. Sure. And having these two cultures as well. Yeah. So mental health uh, is a big topic now and, and especially... Well, for everybody, all of us, but certainly uh, it's fine-tuned for you elite athletes. So what is living skiing mindfully mean to you? Uh, how is that developed over you know your career and really your life now that you can we've all figured out better ways to take care of ourselves? Mm, yeah, I think mental health is such a big um, a big subject and such an important one um, today. I mean, it was before, but yeah, today we're really talking about it a lot more. I think it's great. Um, I remember back in, well, the days that I was doing alpine skiing, I um, I wanted to kind of uh, work on this subject a bit more. You know, I really felt that between 
when I was training and when I was racing, I was two completely different skiers because I just didn't have that confidence. But back in the day, it was kind of still the beginning of talking about it. So it was kind of not really picked up and not really, my my coaches weren't really in for the fact that I wanted to get into that a bit more. So I didn't pursue it. Yeah, in the ski, schema world, I guess we're talking about it quite a bit now. Uh, So I have um, a mental coach um, who really helps me out, whether it's like in on the um, on the pitch um, yep. kind of exercises, you know, to be able to do for training competitions as well as off the pitch. So when I'm just in my normal life, you know, so that I'm happy, um, whether I'm with skis on or just or just at home, so that everything's quite balanced. I think it really brings in a, a 360 degree, you know, take on the mental side of things. And if I mean, especially in our sport, which is a hard sport where you've really got to kind of dig deep and go and mm-hmm. put your heart out on the mountain and get your legs burning as much as they can. Um, you need to have a really strong, um, you know, mindset. And yeah. to have that mindset, you need to be in a really good place. I think in your in your kind of life, in your surround, in your entourage uh, surroundings. So. Um, yeah, it's really, really important. Yeah, that's a great point. Your entourage, the people you're working with, uh, uh, you know, your coaches, and you mentioned, uh, you know, your your psych. What do they call it? A game coach or your 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 mental coach, uh, and that's that's Where? good for you guys. But I think you know, I'm always we're, we're really interested here in, in having it grow outside of you know, athletes and elite athletes, just to everybody. So with your, you know, with, with your podium there, how do you express that to your friends and other people of ways they can get help and not being afraid to ask? And it's okay if you don't feel right, all that, so that the rest of the world, the rest of us understand we can ask and and how we can uh, attack that. Oh yeah, completely. I think in all, whatever you're doing uh, in your life, you don't have to just be in sports to feel the need to reach out and to have it um, to benefit you, you know, a lot uh, working on your mental health. Um, so I think that even if like nothing's necessarily wrong, you know, because you can always, it's easy to um, think, okay, I might need to go and see one, someone when things are going wrong, when you're not actually, you know, uh, on the top of your game. Right. But actually when you're, when everything's right, it's also an interesting thing to work on. Great point. At that point, because, you know, it's going to build, it's it's building blocks, you know, and it's going to build um, on that and build up your confidence even more and um, allow you to go and try new things. And also to, well, t- to anticipate a little bit, you know, if things are going to start to go you know, wrong um, to kind of anticipate that before they actually do. And I think that, yeah, in whatever you're doing, whether it's, um, you know, in, if you're working in a company, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're, you have a family, um, you need to kind of stay on top of that. You know, it's like in the, in the plane before you put the oxygen mask on passenger next to you, you just put your own on. So it's kind of the same thing, I think, with the mental side of things. For sure. And I've found uh, sometimes you you have to challenge what your mind is telling you. Sometimes there's an old saying, a friend of mine, you know, my mind is the slayer of what is real sometimes. And you have to learn to sort of disengage when that message is coming and 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 just follow, you know, the the situation you've created with your positive work with the coach and and with everything. Yeah, exactly. And you know, 
your reality is just what you have in your head. You know, right. what you think is real is just how you interpret it. So yep. you can actually change a lot of things just by working on that. Absolutely. Uh, last question. What What do you do for fun, like to get away and... <laughs> train <laughs> no no no, um, no that's not that doesn't work here come on <laughs> um yeah no, no for fun um i have to say i do enjoy playing music um ah. i'm not very good but i like uh playing my guitar um and just kind of switching off to something else in my spare time um i like spending time with my friends around Nice food because I'm a big foodie ah. kind of person. <laughs> so yeah, those kind of things. <laughs> well, with, well, with the Alps and your and your, you know, all around you, I'm sure food. Uh, there's so many tastes, and you know, with Milano Cortino, my goodness, you know, you're going to be covered there. Yeah, that's one of the big advantages in Schimo is that because Italians, you know, there are a lot of stages in Italy. We get to eat a lot of nice pasta. Yes. And pizza. Really great. <laughs> Amen to that. I, I've never met anyone who doesn't love pizza. I, I, yeah, honestly. Me neither. Why would you? <laughs> no, I, there's no good reason. Emily yeah. Harrop, uh, bon chance. Merci beaucoup. It was a pleasure having you on this Olympics.com podcast. And uh, we will be pulling for you uh, in the weeks and months and years to come. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. This is the Olympics.com podcast. podcast. Looking forward to seeing Emily do her thing coming right up in the Chamonix and Flan Schimo Mountaineering European Championships live streamed on Olympic Channel. Also, Chamonix's long connection with competitive winter sports is highlighted again in the Kandahar Alpine Ski World Cup. Downhill and slalom races coming on the 3rd and 4th of February, right around the exact 100 years from the 1924 Chamonix Winter Olympics. That's it for this episode of the Olympics.com podcast. Hit us up at Olympics with any feedback you have. We love feedback. It helps us to get better. You can also hit me up on my Twitter at TK Sports Tweets. Thanks for being a part of the Olympic community. And remember, follow the Road to Paris 2024 Olympic qualification process right here as well. We'll see you next time. For more in-depth and original Olympics-related feature content, search our platforms here on Olympics.com. 